Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Catapulting Commissions. Now, if you are a first-time listener to the show, you will understand we've talked everything from sales leadership, sales skills, sales strategy. We really gear this show towards you, the seasoned sales professional, or you, the sales leader. Today's guest is really going to dive in and we're going to talk some of the things in leadership, specifically sales leadership, that we often don't uh, spend time on. And, I, and, and talking about on the Catapulted Commission show, we really don't realize there's a skill involved with it, but our guest today is going to break that down for us. Caitlin Domer is the co-founder of Sales Map. Dot me, where she helps companies and sales organizations turn uh, recruiting into a revenue stream and not just an expense. And a little bit about Caitlin. After studying at Oxford University and getting her MBA from Biola University, she launched her sales management company in March of 2013. In the first 33 months of business, they had made their first million dollars. And within six years, they've helped generate over $10 million in revenue for their clients. The team has built and managed sales teams for some of the most prestigious names in the coaching industry, including Deepak Chopra. Uh, she's also published multiple books, including The Unseen Sales Machine and Sell with Heart. Caitlin has also launched a TV show to raise money and awareness for charities, as well as a published a relationship book called Sex Every Day, How to Prioritize Pleasure in Your Marriage. And with her husband of 10 years, she lives in Apple Valley with her husband, four kids, one cat, 17 chickens, and one <laughs> podcast show. Caitlin, welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. I want to just throw in, and a partridge in a pear tree. There you go. It's appropriate. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I don't always know if I should add my last publishing book because it tends to throw people off. What you know about sales and sex, it's very suspicious. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it is okay. You are a renaissance woman and you have multiple skills and don't hold back. So no, absolutely. I love it. And I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. Good. My pleasure. So let's jump into this. So as I look at your accolades here, you launched the company nearly seven years ago. It has grown tenfold. If you haven't, if you're audience, if you're listening, go to salesmap.me.com. You can see the level of success that I'm talking about, but I want to go back to the early days of launching your company. And we'll spend a little bit of time in the mid show talking about recruiting and building a sales team. I see that's one of the specialties, but as you built that organization from the ground up, like at what point did you say, Hey, did you launch? Is this just me? Is this me and my husband? Is this me and a team? At what point did you know it was time to bring a sales team involved? Yeah, absolutely. So for our own sake, it's taken us a long time to build an internal sales team. So most of our work has been word of mouth referrals. And so it was mostly just me building relationships with people, good old fashioned networking. We used to be able to do that in live conferences and going to masterminds and things like that. 
Um, we've now launched a new version to allow us to do more online uh, networking called bookofexperts.com. So if people are looking for opportunities to meet and greet and build relationships, uh, we have a new way that you can be uh, seen and get more visibility and referrals this year. But for us personally, it hasn't been until this last year that we've really started building our own internal marketing and sales strategies and going hand in hand. And we decided to bring an internal sales team on. So as you bring an internal sales team, like what is that, um, you know, what does that process look like? Was there a certain revenue metric? Was it just a, Hey, we, we can't, we can't grow anymore with, with the fruits of our own labor of this networking. Was there a deciding moment? Did you lose a deal or did you, uh, did you overbid or underbid a deal that, that caused you to say we need to expand? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us was just time capacity. And we find this with most of our clients, usually entrepreneurs, when they're trying to build their company, they get to a crossroads where they just don't have enough time to do everything themselves anymore. Usually depending on the profitability of the company, it's between $200,000 and $700,000 in revenue. But they start feeling that press of like, oh, I really need to start hiring. They usually have a team of virtual assistants who are helping them with social media and administrative tasks. But they really need to make two critical decisions, hiring decisions. They either need to hire an operations person, we, we would say COO in the business world, but usually integrator, online business manager, somebody with those kind of categorical qualifications, or a salesperson. So somebody who can help them build and fill and maintain their pipeline and nurture leads so they're not stuck on this feast or famine cash flow roller coaster that a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck on. So as they're coming to that crossroads, if I were speaking to you as, as the entrepreneur, I would ask you, what's your strength and what's, what's your zone of genius? What do you love to do? If you love to do the sales part and that chasing people down and, and sorry, the hot thrill of the hunt, I think is how we typically talk about it. Right? If you love sales, then hire an operations person, hire somebody who can support you with the fulfillment and the delivery. On the other hand, if you started your business because the delivery the working with the clients, the delivering the product, that was the piece that you loved. So in Michael Gerber's technology, like you were a technician who became an entrepreneur, then I would suggest you want to hire a salesperson who can support you in that capacity. And I also tend to prefer hiring a salesperson first, because even if they're just your accountability mechanism to be doing what you know you need to do, doing your reach, outreach, doing your nurture, doing your sales call bookings, even if you just had a sales accountability buddy <laughs> who's in your company, just kind of keeping that's that's how we started internally is we just hired a kind of a sales admin person and their job was just to help me manage my social media profiles, start conversations, maintain conversations and just move people until the point where it made sense for me to hop on a phone call with them. And they were just in charge of booking calls onto my personal calendar. So that's, uh, the reason I love starting with that first step is that when you can have consistent sales calls, you're going to have consistent cash flow, which is going to give you the budget that you need to make your future hiring decisions. So you want to make sure that you have enough money <laughs> to be able to hire somebody in good conscience so that you're not telling them that they're going to have a career with you. And then three months later, you can't make payroll and then you have to fire them. That's just not great for anybody involved. So we want to make sure that you have a really solid marketing system. And this is what we're looking for with our clients when we have our first kind of intake conversation is, 
Okay, predictable lead flow. So we're gonna look at your marketing. What's your, gonna, what's your marketing going to be? We talk about the four gears of marketing. So the first gear is conversational outreach. So this is something anybody can do. No matter if you're a B2B sales professional, if you're a brand new starting entrepreneur, you can just get on social media, use your free account and start building connections, adding people to your network, having real conversations with real human beings is always gonna be the hottest leads at the cheapest price. So we love year one because it's so easy and it's so effective, but like your first year in your car, it's not very powerful. You're not gonna get going very fast. So then gear two is content marketing. And this is where you start posting articles, uh, publishing on magazines, creating video content, things like that. And you're, you're helping drive back to the conversation level. So everything that you create should drive back to a real conversation with a real human being. That is the call to action. Then level three is collaboration. So I'm here on Anthony's podcast. This is our level three strategy. We put me on podcasts and people get to hear about us that way. And then we drive, you guessed it, back to year one. <laughs> Let's have a conversation. And then lastly is year four, which is, we call it clicks just for the sake of alliteration. But it's whenever you're using automation, you're building funnels, you're buying traffic. It's where a lot of people start, but it's the most expensive way to get your coldest leads. The only advantage is that there's almost an unlimited supply in the universe. Uh, so if you only want to get there when you're really confident about your lead production. So we will go through these four years with our clients and just evaluate what marketing systems do you already have in place so that we can evaluate lead flow. And that lead flow is going to tell us, are you ready to hire? How many salespeople are you ready to hire? So you can build like a $30 million company with two good salespeople. So it really isn't, you don't need a lot of, teamwork or heavy lifting if you have, you know, your pricing spot on and all of the different backend pieces on place. But it's, it's just looking through, do you have enough leads to keep a salesperson busy? The, the, the biggest mistake we make is people wanting to let go of the sales because they don't really like them, but it's too, pre it's premature. They just don't have enough leads to keep a salesperson busy. So we look at the lead flow and then bringing on that salesperson is going to solve that cash flow problem so that you can focus on operations, which is going to increase profitability. So those are kind of the three categories that we're looking at when we're thinking about when's the right time to bring on a sales team. I love that. I, there's, there are so many ways I can go with what we just said right now. I love the four steps and, I'm, and I'm, I believe you use the terminology, uh, your lead flow, right? Which is conversation first, uh, content marketing, collaboration, and clicks. And you are absolutely correct. Everybody wants to start with clicks because it's easy and there's, oh, I can just pay for ads and people show up and they don't have an infrastructure. And, and um, you know, it's, it's funny, even even as the Catapulting Commission's brand is, is you know, it's we're, we just finished year one since we've, we launched. Uh, the brand took a year prior and everything still comes back to, hey, let's get on the phone. Let's just have a conversation. And I have, I've done everything. And, and personally, I did teeter with, a, with the clicks for a little bit and it, it only took me, to add payments and see ROI. And I was like, you know what? I, I'd rather go, I'd rather go to Vegas with my wife and just throw money on a black table. I am, I'm not paying this. To, yeah. I'm not paying this with Facebook to compete with political campaigns and, and mm -hmm. Instagram models. I'm like, I just, you know what? I'm just going to 
keep doing what I'm doing and building that. So I, I'm glad to hear you say that. But let's let's piggyback on this lead flow to cash flow because you you sound like in that lead flow there's an exact sales process or an exact um, marketing process that people follow before their time to bring on a salesperson. Now, if someone's bringing on that salesperson, is there a sales process that you teach and have them follow as well? Because it sounds like the lead flow process is, I mean, it's a four part process, year one, year two, year three, year four, repeat, which sounds great. What does that process look like for the salesperson when they're doing that outbounding? Yeah, so those four gears are really just the subcategories of our three part sales process, which is engage, educate, and enroll. So in the engagement step, that's where you're using those four gears of marketing to drive traffic. You're just getting hand raisers. So usually when we're, we're working on this piece, it depends on whether you're B2B or B2C. For our B2B clients, we tend to, there's a great program called Apollo.io that allows you to get some really fantastic market data. You can send out cold emails. I mean, the hand raising step is always the hardest part because you're shooting arrows into the dark, right? And you don't know where they're falling <laughs> until somebody shoots one back and you actually get to be on a sales conversation and then you can start crafting the messaging. So we always want to do our best to craft our messaging as a result of sales conversations so we know that what we're sending out to people feels clairvoyant, right? So when people get your sales copy, they should be hot damn. How did you listen in on my conversation with my wife last night when I was stressed out about X, Y, or Z, right? So you should be able to use their own languaging, which you only collect in your sales conversations and use it in your marketing. So sales conversations are critical, not just because they close deals, but because they write killer copy. So if you're already building a sales team, you want to record all of your sales team's conversations and send it over to your customer service people, transcribe it, send it over to your marketing team people so that they can copy and paste, right? So these sales conversations are gold. Um, and if you're doing them yourselves and you're an entrepreneur, don't overlook the value of these conversations. So back to our Apollo.io, right? So you can find your ideal demographic. You can send them something that gets them to raise their hand. So that's the engagement step. How do you get them to say, yes, I'm interested? Then the second step is education, traditional languaging. They would use the word qualification. I think it's kind of the same thing. You're educating them to the value of what you're offering and giving them a chance to self-select in or self-select out. So this is where you're giving value in such a way that they're going to self-identify whether you're their ideal prospects for you or not. And so on this step, you can either do it through automated marketing. So there's a coach in our industry, Ryan Levesque, who's known for Ask, right? That's his book. Uh, and so it's all about digital surveys and asking your clients what they want through automation. So his step does that with an automation sequence. Other clients, uh, Fabienne is boldheart.com. She has a very high touch brand. It's very personal and intimate. So she has appointment setters that we hired for her and they're doing outbound dialing. So everybody who books, who engages with their marketing gets a personalized phone call she wants that high touch engagement. So the engagement, the education step in this process is really up to you and your brand. In terms of cost effectiveness, I think it goes, there's different 
uh, directions. If you're a high-end brand, I would suggest a conversation is my favorite step. Uh, if you're a lower-end, more mass marketing, then the automation step is probably cheaper. Um, so just get a feel for what's going to be the right fit for you. But the goal is for that step to give them some information, context, do that qualification process so that they book a sales call. And that's step three, enrollment. So now when the salesperson gets on the call, they know they've already raised their hand. This is not a cold lead. They've already received some information about what differentiates the company, what makes the offer unique. For me personally, I don't get on the phone with anybody who hasn't seen our pricing information. So the first thing that you get, well, that's not true. I might do a discovery call because that I will still sometimes do the education step myself personally. So we'll spend 20 minutes just getting a sense for each other and building some rapport and I get to discover what's going on in your business. Then before we have a longer actual sales conversation, I will send an email. So great to chat with you. So excited to go deeper on your business. Just so you know, here's the information about our programs. We charge $25,000 up front and 25% of what we generate for you. And then by the time they get on their, their call with me, their actual sales call, they already have that in the back of their minds. So now I get to use all 45, 60, 90 minutes of my sales conversation with them already having that price in the back of their minds that they're going through and justifying in real time. So even if I, I start the conversation and say, hey, did you get a chance to go over that proposal I sent you? like, dang it. No, I was just too busy. Sorry, I didn't get to it. Not a problem. I totally understand. I call this my ice bucket approach. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour a bucket of ice on their head right before they say, no worries. Uh, it just goes through all the details, including the pricing. It's 25,000 up front, 25% of what we sell for you. Um, and then we're going to go through that at the end after I get a chance to know you a little bit better, see if it's the right fit for you. And you can ask me any questions then. Does that sound good? Yep. Sounds good. So always have a really strong upfront agenda. Anytime you're having a sales conversation, you guys already know that. But having the price be on the table, and this is pretty unique. It's pretty counter to what a lot of sales techniques will tell you. But it's because I've already built a relationship with them. They're already educated the value. They've already raised their hand. So they are already committed and actually on a call with me. And nobody has ever said, that's it. Forget it. I'm hanging up now. <laughs> right? Some people will say, "Ooh, that's more expensive than I, than I realized. I'll be like, no worries. At the end of the call, we can go through what your budget is and see how we can make this more doable for you. We do have some private lending options you can apply for, right? So I can coach them through the objection in real time. And like I said, then, I, then everything else I say is justifying, 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 justifying that price tag rather than having them love me and think that I'm amazing and expect to be paying about $5,000. And then I drop something that's five times what they expected to pay on them. And then having a gasp panic attack at the end of my call when I don't have enough time to lovingly support them and nurture them and making the best decision for them. So that's just kind of a technique that I use to help people be prepared. So have they been engaged? Have they been educated? Are they ready to enroll? Do they have the information that they need to make a decision on this call? I think that's that's such so simple, so unique, and and I hear it, and, and I interview uh, sales professionals and sales thought leaders from all around the world on this show, and there there's a common common theme here. There's a process you follow: engage, educate, enroll. And and what I love here, and you are absolutely right, it is backwards thinking from some people. Everybody wants to spend time 
build a relationship, identify a problem, you know, uh, uh, do a great discovery call or do a great needs analysis, however you, you word it. And at the end, hey, to work with me, right? And, and I'll use, you know, my personal coaching for, for you to retain me as a, as a personal coaching client. You know, if I sit here and say, hey, it's 10 grand at the end and we've had this great call and you're like, dude, I, I don't have two grand. Well, it's, it's, it hurts. Right. And so to hear you say that it's, it's funny. I know, uh, in my, my process, when I bring clients on to coach me and they go through, uh, to get a book on my calendar, I crystal clear say, Hey, starting fees to work with me are X amount. And, and, and they've gone up. So depending on when you started the show or started following me, they were, they were lower in the beginning than they are now, right? <laughs> Supply and demand as I get higher, but let's just say, you know, starting fees to work with me start at five grand. And it says, is this something in your price range? Yes, no, or I prefer a group coaching method. I'm not telling you I can't work with you, but it, what, it, what it has done is it has put people who we do spend this time and have these discovery calls and, and educate on the process. It makes it a valuable conversation. Like you said, I could spend the hour really diving into your business or solving that problem as opposed to doing it and knowing at the end, hey, by the way, here's how much it costs to work with me. So to hear that, I love that. Yeah, one of our clients is a high-end uh, CEO coach for like Fortune 100 companies, really brilliant at what he does. And he even, he might do that little 20-minute discovery call, like let's hop on a quick call and just get a sense for each other. He'll send it. But then what he says is our first session is going to be an actual coaching session. You've already seen the agreement. You know everything that's in, entailed. He's charging like 40 grand plus success fees. Um, so a percentage of growth on top of that. So you know all that. We're going to have our first session together. At the end of it, I'll say, so do you want to work with me? If the answer is yes, I'll send you an invoice, and this will count as our first session. If I say that and you say, nope, not a problem, that'll just be a gift for me to you. So he's already like, he has an even stronger upfront contract that this is the first experience you get, and then you can make a decision if you want to move forward after that. Um, but they already have the contract in their hands when they have that sales conversation. I think there's there's some value in that because the consumer, our consumers today, whether you're B2B, B2C, med, tech, consult, whatever you're selling, before someone buys something, typically they've already researched it. They're already comparing you to somebody else. They're already price shopping you against somebody else. And, and I used to think that, no, that doesn't happen, but I'm in the process with my wife of, of buying a new car. And I've spent so much time looking at like the idea for me to go down and do the research. I'm like, I want to go down like armed. Like I have all my information done. And that's probably like the most simplest vanilla answer. But uh, even as we, you know, people who I've hired, who, who my production team for, for the podcast, I've interviewed, I've did my research on the team that I hired. I did my research on other teams. So you, to hear that and get that pricing up front, I think that that's, that's such a, uh, it's backwards thinking, but I think it's going to be more and more popular as we move forward because I don't see consumers. I, I look at it in, in this capacity. I have two 11-year-old daughters. If YouTube delays anything for 20 seconds, their world is flipped upside down. And in 15 years, 10 years, depending on what I'm selling, 20 years, they're going to be a consumer for someone's product. That mentality is not going to change. They're going to want information. They're going to want to know what am I going to get into before I even start this process? Uh, so I, I definitely think sales methodologies will be changing over the next 20 years, 10 years. They're probably already changing now. Yeah. The more sophisticated your buyer, the more transparent your sales process. You just, you have to give them exactly what they need in order to make the best decision. And that can happen even before you've had a call with them. 
You know, as you say that, I'm going to pivot what you just said into sales leadership. Uh, you know, uh, earlier uh, this week, I had a conversation with somebody who, who works with me and I'm in a position of leadership for her and I, and it sophisticated role, highly income compensated sales rep. And, and I shared with her, I said, you know, as we were discussing career paths and opportunities for her to grow and develop, I said, as you move into leadership, just remember the higher caliber, your people, the higher quality, when someone starts making two, three, four, 500 grand a year in commission, transparency is everything. These are not entry level sales reps. Hey, just get on the phone and dial, you know, and, and I, and I use the analogy with my team. Hey guys, if we're going to walk across a bridge and we're going to fall off, I'm at least going to tell you like, Hey guys, there's, there's no other step on the other side. I'm not going to lie to you, which is some backwards thinking and in traditional sales leadership mentalities, which I've challenged the status quo in organizations I've worked in. I've challenged the status quo in some of my clients. I'm like, Hey, that philosophy no longer works. Transparency is key because transparency, even if it's bad transparency, creates trust. And that's essentially what we want in that, that world of selling or sales leadership. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good insight. So, Caitlin, let me ask you this. In the world of recruiting, when, let's, let's say, you know, let's, let's say my catapulting commissions company, right? We're, we've launched it a year ago. Uh, we're, we're building, you know, let's give a round figure. We're, we're doing half a million dollars a year. And I'm like, okay, where, where do we, where do we turn this, bringing somebody on? And we, yeah. we discussed before we recorded, like, how does recruiting become a revenue stream? Because when you say recruiting, I look at an expense like, oh, I have to pay someone to do the head hunting. I have to pay someone to do qualifying. Could I, could I do the recruiting and head hunting? Yes, but no, because I don't have the time. So it's going to be somebody else. And so mm-hmm. I look at that as an expense and not a revenue. Help me understand that. Yeah, absolutely. So what really differentiate, differentiates our company and the way that we recruit is what we call a launch-based recruitment system. So the way we develop it is we are planning a recruitment sequence around an already scheduled launch that you have on the books, or we create a marketing event for you. And what we'll do is usually 90 days out is a good rule of thumb for us to help us get all that piece. If you already have a launch and it's like two weeks from now, we can make that work. But if we need to plan the launch, give us at least 90 days, right? But what we're doing is we're trying to find, create an event that gives your marketing team an excuse to start raising awareness, publicity, visibility, engagement, and really boost those numbers. So the biggest problem that most coaches or consultants who are growing their companies run into is it built a list on emails. And emails, if you haven't noticed, are not opening at the same rate that they used to open. So with us, the first thing we coach business owners to do is start collecting phone numbers as quickly as possible. Uh, whatever your lead magnet is, throw in an optional phone number. Auto-populate, we'll fill it in at least half the time. Uh, the worst case scenario is they give a number that they don't, it's a fake number, right? But you still have a phone number. Like, let's start there. Because if you can give me a phone number, I can make you money. You give me an email, you're going to have to hire somebody else to turn those emails into phone numbers so I can make you money. But I would say if you have at least a 1,000 phone numbers on your list. That's at least a good starting point. We try to make sure that every candidate gets at least 200 phone numbers to to sell to. So if you have a thousand people, we can recruit five candidates. We had somebody who had 10,000 phone numbers, so we got to do 50 candidates, right? So it's, it's just looking at what do we have to work with that's already in your database. One of our clients was like, well, I really want to do this. Let me do my own little mini launch to get phone numbers and then bring you on to upsell on the back end. 
So perfect, perfect opportunity, right? You can do a five-day challenge or whatever it is that you want to to convert your email list into phone numbers through social media or, or excuse me, not social media, SMS. Uh, so giving them an excuse why you're going to text them is a great reason to collect a phone number. Get those phone numbers. <clears throat> and then on the back end of either selling a low offer, which, you know, when they're a buyer, it's fantastic because they just bought something. So it's a perfect excuse to collect a phone number. So there's a lot of like free book, just pay shipping or trip wires for $7 or whatever it is that you're doing. I don't care if you sell it for a buck, just get a new phone number. So use that methodology to convert emails into phone numbers. And then we plan a one to three week, but usually a two week is my favorite boot camp. And this boot camp is going to be where your sales candidates get to have conversations with your ideal prospects, your phone numbers, they're doing outbound dialing to engage and activate your list. And the reason we like having a launch is it gives us an excuse to call. Like, hey, I don't know if you saw that Anthony's doing this big challenge. We just wanted to check in with you. How are you doing? Are you engaged? Do you need support? Just start the conversation. Then if they're qualified and interested and ready to learn about more, then they book a follow-up call and then we sell them into something. And that something can be anywhere from one to $10,000. Um, but something that's big enough that you can pay commissions on, right? They're working on a commission-only basis during this two-week period. So you're essentially getting people to do outbound dialing to your list on a commission-only basis for two whole weeks, calling all of the phone numbers that you have and seeing how many we can convert into whatever this thing is that you want to sell. So for one of our clients, the first week, the, we had 50 candidates. And those 50 candidates were trying to sell a $1,000 program. So in that first week, we sold 45 of those. And then I think it was about 15 of them had done that. So they qualified to enter into weeks two and three, where they got to sell a 7,500 something. So they were making higher commissions and they were working with hotter leads because these were people who had actually completed an application requesting information about the $7,500 program instead of just somebody gave me a phone number in the last 12 months. So they got warmer leads and bigger commissions after they earned the right to play at that level. And then over those next two weeks, we filled his high-end coaching 25 slots was what he capped it at. And we sold all 25 for him in those two weeks period. And so at the end, 10 of those people had sold the high-end program. They had basically trained themselves <laughs> on the methodology. They had built a team culture. We had been managing that process. If he wanted to, he could actually hire our sales manager. So he walks away with an entire team. He gets a sales manager, the closers. And if he had wanted to hire some of those people as appointment setters, instead of just closers, he could have done that. So he had a full 10-person team that he could choose from and see who now he does final interviews and just says, oh, these three people are perfectly in alignment with my culture and my values. I want to extend them an offer letter. So one of the things that we do is help craft a performance-based compensation plan, uh, talking with draws, revocable, irrevocable, uh, KPIs that they need to be hitting, tiered bonuses, structure, all of that fun stuff. So you can send them an offer letter, and then that offer letter kicks off their work with you. We'll do an onboarding call just to make sure that they have everything they need to transition from external to internal sales team. And then they're off to the races. Um, and so that's, that's our methodology. So in about a two to three week window, you're gonna walk away with 
I think he had like 232,000, right? You walk away with six figures and a fully trained and operational sales team. Wow. I mean, I, I, to hear you say that, I was writing notes and I was falling and then I got stuck doing 25 times 7,500 and I was doing my math and I was putting the numbers in, but I mean, that's genius. I mean, it's, it's like a paid internship to build a sales team, um, which, which has been pr like profound. I mean, I, you know, to get copywriters uh, for the catapulting commissions, I, I first started with like an internship with college students and wasn't, a, didn't go as smooth as this. A few came in, few didn't go out and, and I got a good team in place now. But when you said that, I just, I just picture sales teams, you know, businesses that want to scale, that want to grow, that want to hire sales team. And, you know, I, even when we started it, I was backwards thinking, I'm like, okay, well, got to call a recruiter, got to find somebody that's going to, that has, you know, uh, credentials that can work for me. Then I got to bring them in, offer them a salary or pay them hourly, whatever the situation, here's the commission and hope it works versus here. Hey, you're auditioning, you're trying out. It's a paid audition. If you, if you produce, if you don't produce, it doesn't work out, but you know what? That's the reality. I mean, that's the reality we live in, in sales world. Like if you want to be in sales, you have to produce. So I, I, I'm shocked. Like salespeople are best at selling themselves. <laughs> so you, I, I had a client who came to us and she's like, well, I hired a salesperson. I've been paying him $5,000 a month for six months and he's just not closing anything. And I was like, yeah, it's because the, what he could close was you on hiring him. It's $5,000 a month. So putting salespeople who are naturally highly competitive people anyway, like I don't know that this would work if you were trying to recruit for your human resource director. Like no. salespeople are just naturally wired to want to compete. Uh, so that definitely works in our favor for this model. But, but yeah, just having them earn the right, not only are they proving themselves, uh, but most importantly, it really wipes out that entitlement mentality that sales managers, like it drives them crazy, right? Because good salespeople are equal high ego. Like they need to have that emotional internal resilience that can hear no 12 times and knock on the 13th door. But they also are extremely high empathy. So they're very sensitive. They feel everything. It's what makes them great at building rapport in the first 30 seconds of meeting a total stranger, right? So I always kind of joke sales management is sort of like trying to juggle a kitten and a chainsaw at the same time because you're trying to navigate two very extreme personality differences. Um, and so this, one of the things that we tell them is they're not just competing on numbers. We're competing on teamwork, collaboration. Are you helping each other? Are you supporting each other? We're not interested in cutthroat sales reps who are just in it to, to win it. We wanna make sure that you have a team environment. So we're cultivating a culture of dedication, support, a very nurturing while simultaneously competitive environment. It's, it really is a beautiful thing. At the end of two weeks, that group of 10 people didn't want to stop, right? They just wanted to keep going together uh, because they were loving the experience. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. 
Okay, let's get back to the show. Man, I I feel like I just heard something. I did just hear something new for the very first time, but it is so uh, it is just enlightening to hear. There's a different way to scale and grow your business, and and you know I, I hear that in in the terms of my own catapulting commissions, Baron. I'm like, okay, when do I scale? When do I grow? I, it's all about sales. I love sales, but I mean, I only have 24 hours in a day, right? And I have a team already. I mean, I'm pretty spread thin. So to hear that, that's that's pretty enlightening. Let me, let me pivot on you on something here, Caitlin. What is it that you look for to bring these people, right? So we're, we're coming here, we get the last 10, 15 minutes here. We're going to talk a little bit about what makes that salesperson tick because you can get 10 people in a room and if they're all excited, they're all like motivated and they're all uh, feeding off each other, it's a great environment. Sometimes you can get 10 people in the room, you have half and half, and the half that's negative, the half that's like, oh, the leads don't work. I think of a like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, like one of the old school sales movie, like the leads are horrible. This isn't working. And I could see that culture taking off. So how do you identify what's what like what is it that you're looking for? The skills, characteristics, background to bring somebody on. And then from that group, who are your clients hiring at the end of saying, yeah, I want this person to work with me full time? Yeah, I love that. So I will just say for us personally, our favorite part, part our favorite place to recruit from is your own list. So you have, if you're big enough to be hiring a salespeople, you have people following you, right? It's just the nature of marketing today. So we're gonna look at who's already engaging with your brand. Maybe they've bought something, maybe they just opted in for something, maybe they just follow you on social media. But let's start with your own circle. And the reason is that I can teach skill set, right? I went from hating sales and being the worst salesperson I know to personally closing two and a half million in coaching yesterday, last year, right? So I can take somebody from zero to 60 on sales mindset and skill set. What I can't train is heart, right? So I really want to start with somebody who is passionate and committed and coachable and then train them on the methodology. Now, if I can find somebody who's a killer professional with years of experience, who just knows how to close deals and they're in love with the mission and they're aligned with the values and they're a great team player. Fantastic. We found our unicorn. Let's just put a crown on them and send them off on their way. But if I have to pick between one or the other, I will pick the heart because the rest is trainable. If you give me a really dyed in the wool, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross closer, they are probably not going to be as amenable to learning an entirely different attitude, methodology, culture, um, by trying to integrate them into the, I tend to work with very like spiritual heart-based, um, loving, right? Love is our number one core value. Do what you love with people you love, building a world you love, right? So we're really unashamed <laughs> about how important culture and values are to us and to the clients that we work with. So that's where I start personally. In terms of the people that they hire, then it's a blend, right? So we have to see, did you actually produce results? We've had people who are the most loving, kind, supportive roles in the entire team, but they just couldn't close a deal. So you know what? We usually turn those into our appointment setters. They are really great at bonding with people, building relationships. And so we tell them, go call some people, build relationships, find out what they want to need, and then schedule a call onto the closer's calendar. Because um, usually they have money mindset blocks is typically the biggest reason that highly connective people don't close deals. So yeah, so we just kind of on that final interview, 
we take them through a personal success plan because I kind of think that salespeople are a bit like cats. You cannot push them to do anything. They have to decide that this is what they want to be doing and come of their own volition. So we work out, we reverse engineer a personal success plan. Where do you see yourself long-term? What does that look like three years from now? What kind of money do you want to be making? Why is that important to you? Okay, what's your minimum? Tell me, like, what do we have to make sure you're just keeping the lights on? Um, and we'll just create, co-create a compensation model. Like, we really love you. We really think you're fantastic. We want to make sure that this works for you. And then we'll co-create a solution based on what they need and say, okay, let's go ahead and get you hired. So if somebody comes in and says, I need a $10,000 salary plus benefits, they're just not going to be a good fit. They've got to work corporate because most entrepreneurs just aren't willing to take that level of risk on somebody who's new. But we could orchestrate like a replicable draw of five grand for the first three months or something along those lines that we can help them get going in a way that reduces risk for all parties. I... I think what I'm hearing you is you want will because you can coach skill. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, you want will, you can coach skill. And, <laughs> and that that is, that is so, uh, I think most sales leaders need to hear that because sometimes as a sales leader, and I know when I'm hiring somebody, I fall in love with someone's skill set, right? They have a resume, they have the accolades, they've done all of this. They've built, you know, and if it's if it's startup mode and they've successfully built multiple startups and you're like, "Oh, this is the perfect person." But I always go back to one thing you said earlier is, you know, are they going to learn? Are they adaptive? Are they going to learn a new way, a new thing, um, new technology, new phrases, new strategies? And if the answer is no, no matter how successful they've been in the past, I don't think they'll be successful with me. Uh, they might, and, and it might be, you know, you have to look at yourself as a sales leader. Do I have to train somebody a little bit more because they don't have that skill set in the upfront, but over the long haul, they'll be a little bit more successful. So I love hearing that. Um, last thing I want to pick your brand on here, Caitlin, as we wrap up, you mentioned the phone numbers. As you said that, it's, I felt like you were, you were sneaking into my conversation. I have an executive coach, and, and I've, I've shared with on the show, I've had an executive coach for a while, and we just talked about transitioning from email to phone number for that exact reason. I'm like, man, you know, I, I, can, grow my, I, can, I can grow my email. Let's, let's just say I pick up 100 emails overnight at an open rate. That's not a lot. Like if you do if a good open rate, maybe I can get 18 or 19. If that, right, it just depends. And you're, and I'm competing with email. Like we talked about clicks. I'm competing with email with, with eBay and Amazon and Nike and whoever, whatever email list goes to is just getting flooded and, and all the social and all the uh, Gmails and, and outlooks and everything is like filtering. It's just becoming more challenging. So we talked about that phone number gathering. How do you recommend your clients offer that? Like as a, as like a valuable piece, is it just, Hey, anywhere you, lead magnet come through via phone do you have a program you recommend this is me selfishly asking so <laughs> gotta hold the commission family you can hear my here I'm, I'm taking a shameless plug trying to learn something here right so so we, i always try to think as strategically as possible how is this serving our end game so if we are working with you personally i'd say well what are the assets that you already have built what's the what's the end so for your highest end client what do they want and need from you and then what we create is like, so that's the big bucket. So one-on-one -on -one coaching is 50 grand, right? But then 
people who aren't ready for 50 grand, well, then we're going to get them into the $10,000 group coaching. And then if they're not ready for $10,000 group coaching, we have this $1,000 do it yourself version. So that's typically how most tiered coaching models will work. And then for that $1,000, we're looking for what's the one thing that my $50,000 client would bother to click on? What's the most value I can give in a scalable manner that, right? So it might be like, I'm going to give you my own sales script. Like, here you go, right? I will, I will pay money just to get to other people's sales scripts. Like, I'm one of the best salespeople that I know, but I, I am a sucker for buying sales scripts because if there's even just one question that I haven't thought to ask yet and I can use that, I can boost my conversion rate by a couple of points and that's a dramatic difference in income for the year. So figure out what's going to be that like, ooh, like super excited. And probably the best way you're going to find that is like ask (laughs) your best clients, right? If I could create anything that you would just love, that you would pull it out of my vault and you treat it like a treasure, what would that be for you? You're like, you would pay $5,000 for this thing if I could give it to you. And then say, okay, great. I'm going to give it to y'all for free right? And then I'm going to turn it into my lead magnet. So get something that's genuinely valuable. So the biggest thing that people have a mistake is if they're having trouble with their marketing, they're probably haven't dialed in their offer. So don't bother trying to make compelling messaging until you have an irresistible offer. So find what people genuinely want and need. And then your marketing is a breeze. So easy at that point, because all you're doing is just telling them what they're getting, which is what they've said that they wanted. So Um, so for that perspective, I would look at what is something truly valuable. The other thing that I would look at is I would look at how can we build the sales conversation into that bundle? So not only are you going to get this, my script, and you're going to get my audio mantras. So Anthony is in your ear every night. So now we have a visual and an audio you're also going to get a call with my breakthrough coach. And we're going to look at what's where you're at now and where you want to be and what you're going to need this year. And he'll hook you up with even more free resources. So we bundle the multi-dimensional learning opportunities into a single toolkit. And one of those resources is a phone call. Um, And then it's just a matter of booking the call that they just signed up for. I mean, the easiest thing, worst case scenario, just pop it on whatever you've already got right? Like I said, uh, keep it optional. If you want it to be optional, make it required if you want it to be required, but just, just do it however you're doing it. And then you can think of more strategic ways of where this makes sense. Like you're going to give me your phone number and I'm going to give you text messages that do exactly what you want to do. So, uh, I signed up for a live class. He was, uh, the guy was like, I'm going to teach my course live once And then I'm going to sell this as a course later. You will not have access to the replays. It will only be live. You have to sign up and I will send you text message alerts as to when we're going live. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to miss that. So I gave him my personal cell phone number. So what, what would incentivize your ideal clients to give you their cell phone numbers, put them, put yourself in their shoes and then answer that question. Uh, man, I love that, Caitlin. That was so much value. And I, I, that's 
anybody who's followed the podcast, I always try to get some free coaching or free advice from all our guests. And you just delivered a nugget of value. Um, and I will be, uh, I will seriously look at adding that phone number to, to the website and lead magnets and all those, um, different things. Cause I do believe that, uh, phone numbers and text messaging is way more impactful than emails and, um, I, I miss emails all the time and it's never intentional. It's just, there's so many coming in. So Caitlin, we're coming to the end of our time here. How does my audience find you? How do they engage with you? How do they learn more about sales map? Uh, how do they learn more about you? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So if you are interested in bringing on a sales team, do head over to salesmap.me. It's not a .com. It's a .me. So just type in salesmap.me and you'll find our website and you can book a call with us on that website. Um, and you'll be talking to me personally. And I can create that game plan for you in real time. Uh, if you are just more general and you're looking for more visibility, more referrals, head over to bookofexperts.com. This is where we're creating an entire community around these four gears of marketing. So you're going to have opportunities for networking, for content publishing, for collaborative adventures. And then eventually we're going to be doing your advertising for you. Uh, inside of that platform. So we're going to be driving traffic to our directory uh, to get people found. So that's that's what we're launching and we're kind of in love with it. So either salesmap.me or bookofexperts.com is where you'll find me. Perfect. Caitlin, thank you so much. Catapulting Commissions family, did you hear that? Bookofexperts.com, salesmap.me. Uh, you can follow and connect with Caitlin. She's also on LinkedIn. I will have all of those links that she just mentioned on the Catapulting Commission show notes. So if you're listening to iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, just click show notes. You'll see it there. Likewise, if you're watching the YouTube video, uh, click the notes below and you will have that. And you can always find episodes on anthonypgarcia.com with all that information as well. Caitlin, thank you for joining the Catapulting Commission show. I had so much fun today and I wish you nothing but the best of success moving forward. Thank you so much, Anthony. Back to you. <laughs> All right, guys. Catapult to Commission family. Like, subscribe, comment. I will see you next week. Catapulting Commission's family. That does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions Podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.